Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A, a city that is unexamined is not worth living in. Yes, no? which is a, a paraphrasing... Mm. Uh, Socrates. No? And what's happening is that we're erasing our histories. Mm-hmm. And uh, without histories, we have no more ties. So we, we, we lose any concept of identity, no? no. We lose our uh, sense of place and, and mm-hmm. sense of identity. We are replacing this with settings that are replicated because of consumption. You go to a mall anywhere and you don't know whether you're in Manila or in Davao. The sameness kills your uh, specificity. So you, you, you then don't uh, develop any ties to a place. If I'm, I don't have a sense of place, why stay here? Conversations with Randy David explores the various aspects of culture, politics, religion, and everything else that makes us Filipino. Listen to part two of the conversation with our guest, Paolo Alcazarem, urban planner and landscape architect. Is it possible for cities to do without billboards? Oh, definitely, yes. Singapore has no billboards. There are cities, especially those that realize tourism is one of their big money earners, that ban them altogether. The only opposition is from the outdoor advertising. What uh, do you think yourself as as a Yes, it it can be done and it should be done. One of the stresses is visual stress. You already have so many messages in your phone. (laughs) Yes. But you look out and you still even see more messages. So they constitute a clear, evident Mm -hmm. public safety because Mm -hmm. you get distracted from what you're doing, which is supposed Mm -hmm. to be driving. I suppose there's also sonar stress, no? It's so noisy. Although we have good ordinances, we have Mm. good laws everywhere, nobody follows them. Studies have shown that uh, it affects uh, public health. So a lot of our problems really affect public health and safety, yet we don't address them. And and, uh, Mm -hmm. planning can just do so much. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's also the, the policing of, of these ordinances and the implement, implementations of these plans. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of uh, planning uh, and how ineffective or effective they are, our problem is that uh, the people who make the decisions uh, do not speak the same language as the planners. Mm-hmm. So compared to uh, citizens in Hong Kong or Singapore or some mm-hmm. parts of Malaysia mm-hmm. that understand uh, concepts and the repercussions mm-hmm. of planning decisions, officials here are not so literate. No? There are more enlightened uh, li- uh, leaders now and uh, a, a young generation of officials that understand uh, this problem, so it's not uh, politics as usual. They know that uh, lives are at stake in mm-hmm. decisions they make uh, now or do not make. From your writings, uh, I, I gather that cities should also have histories, should have memories. A city without histories is not a city worth living in. I think you had something which is a, a city that is unexamined is not worth living in. Yes, no? which is a, a paraphrasing uh, 
Socrates. No? And what's happening is that we're erasing our histories. Mm-hmm. And uh, without histories, mm-hmm. we have no more ties. So w- w- we, we lose any concept of identity, no? no. We, we lose our uh, sense of place and, and mm-hmm. sense of identity. We are replacing this with settings that are replicated because of consumption. Like you go to a mall anywhere and you don't know whether you're in Manila or in Davao. The sameness kills your uh, specificity. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you then don't uh, develop any ties to a place. If I'm, I don't have a sense of place, why stay here? Mm-hmm. Which is a question I ask often now here. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I left Singapore in '02. Uh, but then when I was there, I was not a citizen. Mm-hmm. And although the place was wonderful, everything worked, and I had contributed to building some of it, yeah. it didn't relate to me, so I had to yeah. come back to it's see whether I could contribute to, to, to improving here. I grew up in Project 4, <laughs> which is not exactly the best place to go up in, but then uh, but I, that was, that's my history. Mm. And one of the reasons why I went into planning is because of the questions I ask as a as a kid going, growing up is why is the Quezon Memorial in an open field at the time there was nothing around yeah. it why are the spaces so big and and uh, and nothing can be can be reached unless you took a car mm-hmm. so the questions I asked as a child were only answered when I finally took up the profession and understood mm-hmm. the history of the place and that history is very interesting it's a history of wonderful visions representing aspirations of a nation Mm. But not fulfilled. Not realized, so, no? Until today, we are a country without a real capital because you don't know where it is. <laughs> you don't have physical representations of the center of government. Mm-hmm. You don't have uh, physical representations of the robust institutions that we're sh- supposed to have. Mm-hmm. All of our town halls and uh, government buildings now look like call centers, which is a critique <laughs> of modern architecture. <laughs> but it, to my mind, they should read as public institutions. They should read as a place that people could go to for, for service, for, mm-hmm. for help. Um, mm. But we don't have that. So that's what, one of the things that we have to recover. One of the uh, uh, projects I'm doing on my own is to uh, document uh, all of the town plazas uh, in the Philippines. But they're transforming these town exactly. plazas. We are losing no? these town plazas to fast foods yeah. to all sorts of buildings that the mayor exactly. wants to build ah. basketball courts exactly i mean i'm i'm, I'm all for uh, active play but there is a location for these things which are the sports center mm-hmm. the places should be kept open mm-hmm. going back to the climate change adaptation and and mm-hmm. our needs for open green space but uh, the most important thing is that uh, we are losing the centers of our towns and cities, the physical centers. Mm-hmm. Without those, uh, we are unanchored as a community and as mm. a nation. What I've discovered is that there is enough left of these plazas. Everywhere I go, it's wonderful remnants of what used to be. Mm-hmm. And then you can bring this out still. They're still recoverable. I've, recoverable, I've found huh? old arigolical statues covered by by modern multipurpose courts. Rizal statues that are cheek to jowl with statues of Spider-Man. These are all important uh, legacies. That's this heritage uh, architecture. And they can be used. They can be adaptively reused. Although uh, green buildings are now the fashion, Mm -hmm. uh, you must remember that the greenest building is the one already standing. 
what people forget in the equation of a green building is the embed what they call embedded energy that you put there in the first place mm-hmm. to demolish that is to um, minus all of that energy that built the building in the first place so mm-hmm. you end up a uh, high carbon building mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense and the uh, the biggest problem with conservation of heritage structures is the fact that a lot of them uh, lie in districts where the surrounding buildings are 20 and 30 stories mm-hmm. uh, and the only answer to that is a regimen of planning that allows for a concept called development transfer rights that means if you own a plot in the center of a city and your building is a heritage structure of four or five, yes. but the uh, market is telling you that it should be 50. Yeah. You own the rights to the 40 stories above you. Now, mm-hmm. in, a, in a planning regimen that has areas that are new, which is in most cities there are, people can buy those rights from you to be able to get additional densities in, in these uh, re- receiving areas. Mm-hmm. It's... Complicated, but it's simple. Uh, they do this in Singapore, no? Yes, uh, because they do uh, side by side those tall buildings, you have yeah, this you have you have this smaller iconic, ones. Uh, because of tourism, you have to retain these buildings. In other yeah. countries, uh, you can sell those rights. You can sell, you can transfer those rights, and it it's worth a lot. It lessens the in, the incentive to demolish. The You're building. not demolishing them. So it's it's economics. To the owner, some of them don't really care. They will just sell to the highest bidder. But mm. if you give them this opportunity to extract value, yes. then it will work. The only problem is we don't have that regimen of planning that assigns transfer rights. Can, can you build that into your land use yes, laws? There have been attempts. The only problem is that in a metro area, there are limited uh, receiving areas, and they are not exactly in all of the 17 cities. Mm-hmm. There may be in Quezon City, there are a lot, mm-hmm. or in the reclamation areas in Pasay and Paranaque. Mm-hmm. So that's where we need to go to the a, a metro uh, governance and mm-hmm. a metro planning regimen to be able to institute development transfer rights. I see. So it can be done. I, I, I think the initiative might have to come from the national government itself. No, That's true. Our planning regimen currently already has a framework of physical planning from the national to the regional to the provincial and then to the LGU. It's very good on paper if you look at the graphs that support this, except that uh, the capacities of the government units are lacking. They cannot interpret and implement uh, physical framework plans into actually building the provinces, towns, and cities the way they're supposed to build. What replaced the Ministry of Human Settlements during martial law? The National Urban Planning Commission, which I mentioned at, uh, after I the see, war, but that's not a department uh, became the National Planning Commission, mm-hmm. then devolved into uh, the NHA. Uh, okay. And then you have the, of course, HADSI and HLURB. Yeah. Of course, mm-hmm. now there's a law that is... Uh, Trying to consolidate all of these We are consolidating. Agencies. There are lots of debates and uh, discussions on how this can be best uh, implemented. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then after doing so, it's, it's restructuring uh, all of these uh, the hierarchies in government mm-hmm. from the national to the regional, provincial, and LGU mm-hmm. uh, to be able to collaborate or to work with this new uh, integrated agency to address our needs. Mm-hmm. So we need to s- step back, mm-hmm. look at what uh, we we have to, uh, the government uh, is supposed to provide to people and what private companies can do, or private developers can do or should do to, to collaborate. Mm-hmm. Uh, because in the end, we all 
have to live in the same place. Correct. If that place is threatened uh, by calamity or disasters, we cannot address it as co- private corporations, nor can we address <laughs> it as uh, individual LGUs. A lot of the mayors think they can solve their problems within their uh, town or city boundaries. Mm. But floods will not stop at, at They, they don't boundaries. respect boundaries. <laughs> Crime does not. Pollution also will not. So unless we understand uh, the problems we are in, we are in, then we cannot address them. Mm-hmm. There is no political solution to physical uh, danger. Mm-hmm. It has to be physical planning, mm-hmm. and we have to adjust to that. So the new uh, regimen that we have, the new way of looking at things, even in planning, in the planning profession, is what we call from ridge to reef, mm-hmm. because our lives are are affected now very b- largely by events of climate. Mm-hmm. And water that comes down at the top of the ridge will flow down the slope all the way to mm-hmm. the reef. Mm-hmm. And our lives are intertwined with these natural processes. Mm-hmm. So this is where uh, science comes also into the mix. We also have to listen to our scientists. Mm-hmm. The base data on which we make our decisions had to come from scientists who monitor the health of our rivers and our streams, our forests, mm-hmm. uh, quality of our air. We mm-hmm. don't listen to them enough. Mm-hmm. And they know that these things are happening, but mm-hmm. they are also helpless because uh, they are just recording and telling us what is happening and how much of it is happening. Mm-hmm. It will require all of us to uh, find the answers to address or mitigate mm-hmm. all of this. Every every year, people ask me, why does it flood? Mm-hmm. It floods because we have no more forests. And mm-hmm. all the water that comes down the Sierra Madre yeah. all goes to the basin we call Metro Manila mm-hmm. or the NCR. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. Of course, the data is more complex, and the data has to be listened to. So this is where all of our scientists, we need to listen to them. We need to fund them. We can make beautiful plans uh, left and right, mm-hmm. but if they're not based on science, it will all fail. And then we come to your, your field, which is the so- sociologist. What we do as physical planners, architects, landscape architects, is to create structures and sites mm-hmm. based on um, assumptions of our culture and, and uh, sometimes which is a fixed mm-hmm. idea, but culture is not stagnant mm-hmm. and uh, lifestyles have changed. Mm-hmm. Yet we don't actively pursue that knowledge mm-hmm. or generate the knowledge base mm-hmm. to make better decisions on how we create our uh, structures and sites. I've been doing studies of public parks. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that uh, I see is uh, we use parks differently from Westerners. Yeah. One thing, we don't like the sun. <laughs> but uh, our training as uh, park designers is you have these wonderful sunlit areas. So they're open, yeah. no? Open, no. So mm-hmm. we, we, we need to change the way we even design our parks to provide mm-hmm. for protection from the sun because mm-hmm. Filipinos don't like. That's why we spend a lot of money on uh, my, my friend, uh, the Singaporean uh, architect, William uh, Lim, planner, William Lim yes. uh, has, has a grievance against um, the, the Singaporean policy on public parks. He, he tells me and which is one reason he says that he loves the Philippines more. He, when he comes here, he asks me to bring him to Quiapo. And where he says the interaction among people is authentic. Yes. No? He doesn't see that in Singapore. He, he says that the open spaces in Singapore are not really conducive to real interaction and the formation of communities, yes. he says. 
the real life takes place in Quiapo. He says, sabi ko, why don't you live in Quiapo? <laughs> Kami naman, sabi ko, we find it so chaotic, we all want to move to Singapore. Well, there can be yeah. uh, some something in between. <laughs> something in between. It's overly <laughs> controlled in, in Singapore. And mm. although they have a lot of par- parks and open spaces, exactly. there's still something lacking in, in how to make them more people-friendly or community-friendly. Correct. It's, it's, it's sort so of it's real, huh? Yes, it's, it's real. It's forced. And that is because of uh, a, uh, two or three generations that have been forced into the estates. But that, even that is evolving. So you will find now some adjustments by the Urban Redevelopment Authority in creating more real spaces but then there were reasons for them doing that they, mm. that was the only way that Lee Kuan Yew and, and the mm-hmm. government at the time uh, needed to take to, to get everyone in line we're on mm. the opposite end we're yeah, too we're chaotic end. Uh, in the Philippines is that one of the things is it's also blighted because we yeah. don't maintain maintenance is not in our vocabulary uh, Why is build, that? I mean, we entrust everything to the government. Real reason behind it is because uh, if they build something, an improvement in the park or plaza, uh, the, it's always designed to de- uh, degenerate in, in three years. So the next mm, administration will I spend see. more money <laughs> to rebuild it. So they're rebuilding the same thing over and over again because that's, in plain words, yan ang hanap buhay nila. It's a default. To build mm. planter boxes or to build a new gazebo or to build mm. a multi-purpose. Then sometimes they turn yeah, these things down even though it's only a few years old. Uh-oh. So it's really a, a change of mindset. But maintenance is important. You build something, even the civic structures of the town hall and and even barangay halls, you need to maintain yeah. them. But uh, the other things I find interesting is what people do in these parks. Of course, Zumba is yeah. now the rage. So, you know, <laughs> you know, you have to provide. And people love it, not just for the exercise. It's the camaraderie. It's, it's the camaraderie, yeah. community. But having said that all these parks are blighted, when you go there, they are well manicured. Mm-hmm. Because you can get a full manicure, <laughs> a pedicure, even a, a body massage. And I find this in all of our public parks. And is that good or bad? It's good. And mm-hmm. what I'm going to uh, recommend to Secretary <laughs> Bernal is that we must incorporate this, this uh, all of the services, mm-hmm. which are part and parcel of all of our public. You will always find manicurista, masajista. It's, it has to be embedded. But yeah. in, in practical terms, uh, my suggestion will be to have these people, since they're already there, yeah. also man the toilets which lack which Correct. Lack Why are our to- public toilets so nandyan, dirty? Nandiyan oh. naman sila. So, oh. sila na lang ma- mamahala ng ano, the public toilets. Keep yeah. them clean, charge a little. I think this is what William Lim misses in Singapore. Yes. Well, <laughs> Where real actually, people exist. Yeah, mean. that's true. Uh, we we, uh, we designed some public parks there. And uh, when we look at the historical archives, we saw pictures of all of these itinerant vendors and uh, barbers Mm, and people who would clean your ears. That's right. They were all available there. So in contemporary open public open spaces, we need to understand that this is part of our culture, Mm -mm. that uh, we are a touchy-feely culture. Mm -hmm. We need to be pampered. But some people don't like it. Uh, In these public spaces, well, that's exactly why you have public... (laughs) Spaces. <laughs> That's what they're for. And, and Tambayan is, is positive. It's positive. Uh, mm-hmm. Although physically, uh, which is what we found out in, in Rizal Park, 
there has to be a way to design them so that they are transparent. Mm-hmm. Ang problema sa Rizal Park, the vegetation, this was about seven you, years ago. You, you can hide. <laughs> so when we were doing our ocular, our inspections, we would bump into couples in all of these <laughs> little cra- nooks and crannies. Mm-hmm. And then all over the place in these dark spaces because there are no sight lines. Mm-hmm. We had used condoms and all of this. Which is also a need, but then you have the motels. Mm-hmm. Uh, public park is for for the public. Mm-mm. When uh, Central Park in New York had uh, had deteriorated in the I 1970s. See. It also had that problem. It had that problem. And so a movement wa- was started and this were was a volunteer movement. Mm-hmm. And they hired professional park designers and landscape architects. Yeah. And one of the findings was there were no sight lines to a lot of these places. Mm-hmm. So what <gasps> they did is re- literally to trim the hedges and to make the spaces more uh, public. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we, if you have public eyes, then everybody uh, everybody behaves. We tried to do it in, in Rizal Park, although naabutan kami ng change in administration. We could not implement a lot of the things that we had recommended. We had done a master plan for Rizal Park. This is why I mentioned the need to study uh, parks. A lot of our uh, physical uh, planning is from the West. Mm-hmm. And our uh, academe, and I was part of academe, mm-hmm. we teach based on uh, materials that's essentially mm-hmm. Western. We need to consolidate our body of knowledge of, of Philippine architecture and landscape architect, architecture based on an understanding of uh, Philippine culture. Pero the local governments now, I think they don't feel hard-pressed anymore to have public spaces because the malls are there. They have replaced the, you know, the parks, right? Ba? The malls are not the soul of the, of yeah, the town exactly. or city. Exactly. They are not the soul of the town and the city. There, there is nothing there that ties them except uh, to the owners of the malls and, and your credit card. We don't know how to build monuments anymore. Totoo, no? uh, yeah. Maybe because we don't have any more heroes. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are no people we can look up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's, there's no one we, we want to build a statue oh uh, yeah, for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the statues that we built are so badly made, mm-hmm. like there's C.P. Garcia mm-hmm. uh, on, on C5. Uh, there's a there's a monument there that's on a ma- on a ah, tall pole, so it looks like a matchstick <laughs> with with the head. Parang kinulang sila ng 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 copper, no, ng budget. So it's only it's only the head, a bust, but the rest of the body is gone. I see. And then at the bottom I there are notice. eight statues of different people from Philippine history, where the artwork, the sculpture is so bad it looks like they're all flattened. Mm. It's really awful. And then when I went there at the risk of my life because it's on a fast lane. Yeah, that's right. They had plaques from NHCP. Markers. The, but the markers were all copies of markers of different statues elsewhere. So mm. ang ginawa ng contractor is just to replicate the the plaques and just <laughs> put them. Mukhang plaque naman. Who will read it? <laughs> and who will access this place anyway? That's so, right. Oh. And I found out later that that statue was erected because the head of MMDA at the time was trying to gain support from Boholanos. Mm, uh, si Garcia. Kaya, yeah, si Garcia. So we have not really built any good monument since Quezon Memorial, which mm-hmm. was finished in 72 or 73. Mm-hmm. And therefore, we also don't have landmarks in our mm-hmm. city. Our landmarks are Jollibee's and, and McDonald's. That's right. No? So then 
again, there's no specificity in, in, in even our, the landmarks of our city. How do we love the place where we are born, where there's nothing to remind us of who we are and what we were and what we aspire to be? So that's why we create art and, and sculpture, is, is, is to embody these aspirations. It's not just the lives of the people we, we put up erecting monuments to. So everywhere I go, I take pictures of... Uh, and document these plazas, and I, I fly drones. I take pictures from the air, which is also very interesting because you can then see mm-hmm. how these towns and cities have changed. That's right. How they have how, evolved, no? How mm-hmm. the malls have affected uh, the morphology mm-hmm. of our towns, and they've broken the human-centered scale of, of our older towns and cities. The town blocks are small, mm-hmm. 100, 150 meters, and then you hit a corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, modern architecture has told us it's more efficient to put everything in, in large buildings, in boxes, and therefore it's 200, 300 me- uh, 200 meters before you turn a corner, mm-hmm. uh, which is not human scale. Mm-hmm. So what's happening, uh, modernism in, in architecture has removed the, the human from the scale of towns and cities. And so the only place we can go to is inside the malls, where the, scale is, uh, the human scale is the shop front. Mm-hmm. which we used to have in our streets. That's right. So we are losing our sense of scale. Mm-hmm. We are losing, uh, therefore, our sense of place. Mm-hmm. So there's no connectedness between us walking through. You can't walk through a city, a town anymore. You have to take a, a car mm-hmm. or a jeep because there's nothing interesting anymore. Mm-hmm. You don't have the indiv- individual shops. Take Baguio. Mm-hmm. The little shop owners are losing out to the big malls, yeah, and, and so there's yeah. nothing left mm-hmm. except ja- uh, especially on Session ukai, Road, okay, no. okay, and and that's and, right. Well, this is not us, no, yeah, no, no. And then we lose all these opportunities for social interaction we used to have, and uh, these are the things that uh, we we need to address as uh, from us as planners and uh, designers. Uh, otherwise, if we default. And a lot of our towns and cities are now designed by foreigners. We are starting to live in places that are not of us, mm-hmm. uh, that are aspirations of people who want to escape the Philippines and our real culture. Because if you look at the ads of these uh, developers, oh, it's going to be like San Francisco, uh, it's Soho, but it's not Philippines. It's it, it's it's never it's never off the place anymore. It's mm-hmm. something else. So, so there's something fundamental we lost here. No, I mean the soul of the Filipino. No, it's no longer mirrored it's, in it's, our place of work, in our place of um, residence, and uh, and part of the problem is the helplessness we a lot of us have in in even trying to shape our environment. Because we default to the wishes of developers and, and designs from abroad. Oh, you know, Anila, so we might as well enjoy it. Proper planning uh, approaches now really s- say that we have to go to back to participatory planning. We, de- we plan and design our, our cities as a community. Mm-hmm. So we have to listen to the various voices, although now encumbered by a lack of literacy in the language of planning, but that can be addressed. But we do have to listen to what people really need. And we have to help open their eyes to the false visions of utopia that are foisted on us by developers. Uh, 
because at the end of the day, why why change our our surroundings to San Francisco? Might as well just go to San Francisco or even Singapore or Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Uh, which goes back to your displacedness and then lack of identity that I believe is is important. Paulo Alcazaran, thank you so much for coming to my podcast. This has been a rich and wide-ranging conversation. Thank you very much. Conversations with Randy David would not have been possible without the help of Puma Podcast, music composed by LM Cancio. You may reach us via email at rsd.podcast at gmail.com. You may also follow us on Facebook at Conversations with Randy David and on Twitter at Prof. Randy David. This is Cara David, letting you know that you can find part one of this conversation on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, or other major platforms. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.